So that's the joy of, I think, this home rule concept is that every town can decide what they want. There are other towns that don't want it at all. And I always I joke with one mayor. He's like, we're never doing this. I know you think it's great. I don't. And I said, that's fine. I go, we'll just deliver it into your town. And I go, you can't stop that. Welcome to the NJ Criminal Podcast and part two in this series. Have you had a lot of uh, individuals reach out to you and say, okay, I want to uh, ha- have a retail business where I sell marijuana. What do I do? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I actually have a, a different conversations. I mean, some of them are very sophisticated, you know, almost mm-hmm. to the point of being well beyond that. Is this is what I want to do. This is the specialty. This is the, this is the place I want to be. This is the land we have. We, we already know we're zoned for it. That's incredible if you're at that level. I also have, you know, the, hey, I want to get into this. What should I, how do I do it? What mm-hmm. am I doing? And, mm-hmm. and the interesting part I always say, and I, 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 te- I tell people the best advice is you got to know what you want to be and where you want to be first. Uh, and even if you're a conditional applicant where you don't necessarily have the where locked in, you generally got to know what you're, where you want to be. And if, if you are, if you want to be a cultivator, which is a very competitive place, um, there are, there are statutory, uh, 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 cap on the amount of cultivation licenses that will be awarded and then that will expire in February of 23 and then it's uh, up to the regulator to decide how many more. That's a very competitive effort coupled with the fact it's very cost intensive and you got to know what you're doing. I mean, this isn't like growing tomatoes in the backyard. This is, mm-hmm. you know, a very, very scientific engineering focused mm-hmm. uh, effort. And similarly with manufacturing, although manufacturing is an interesting one because when we talk about manufacturing, that is companies like we see in, you know, in, in, in deep South Jersey, former Progresso, former, former food processing companies, uh, Ocean Spray. Uh, you're, you're, you're making massive batches and amounts of products. Um, and, and by the way, similarly on the medical side, it's similar to what we've seen in our pharma economy where they're making mass medical uh, products, whether it, it would be some sort of lozenge or we've seen meter dose inhalers or transdermal patches. These are major industries and manufacturing facilities, but it's also an itty bitty tiny little bake shop or mm-hmm. um, some sort of craft, um, uh, you know, candy kind of company that can be established and maybe even out of, you know, some small kitchen. So that's a scalable entity there. Um, and the CRC is fit around that. Then I think the easiest one to fit into is retail. And we've got a lot of different folks from what I'll call all different walks of life that had some level of retail experience, um, may or may not had some level of cannabis experience and are trying to bring that into an equation, whether it's former florist that wants to convert the floral shop into a cannabis facility. We've had folks that have run um, uh, different cell phone uh, or techno- tech-, tech stores uh, that had success in retail that want to jump into this space now. Liquor, uh, 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 food service, it, it runs the gamut. Are the, are the costs associated with the actual application itself the same for, let's say, you know, you referred to a couple minutes ago, um, you know, basically class two processor license, whether you're a, a very large company uh, like one of these progresso type places that wants to get a processor license license versus you know a little little you know as you refer to a little bake shop would the license cost be the same for those two entities 
No, they're tiered, and 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 again, you know, if you're a um, an annual manufacturer, right, and, and you, so you're 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 not a conditional applicant. You're over the uh, two hundred thousand dollar income threshold. You are uh, applying for an annual license, and you're not applying as a micro. You're a fairly significant uh, size company. You're applying for you know uh, you know tens of thousands of square foot of gross space you've got significant capital and the and the crc recognizes that and the the fees are commiserate that said we have micro licenses which is a really interesting component here in each class uh retail cultivation and manufacturing that are are, are limited although they are expandable but they're limited at the outset for each different type um for like example i think it's 2500 square foot for a retail facility um, and those are very entry level, and they, they, were, they are ability, and the fees are commiserate as well. Um, and some towns have even opted into this, where they're allowing micro set asides within their resolution process. Um, that really is going to incentivize a, a, a much smaller, much less capitalized applicant. So, for a micro retailer, uh, you know, class five type license, what's mm-hmm. the what's the application fee for that? I don't know off the top of my head. I was afraid well, you were going to ask me. Let me, that, let, me yeah. change, let me change the question then. Like, yeah. what, because it really goes into um, – Well, a, let me a, say one other thing to you. Mm-hmm. It also depends at the local level. I mean, right. the one thing is the CRC has done a remarkable job of really trying to make sure that they limit as much as they can for these class of applicants' fees. But you're seeing at the local level now – some towns are charging tens of thousands of dollars right. for application fees, but also some towns are scaling those too, or some towns are charging residents a smaller fee than they would charge out of out of town uh, yeah. applicants. So, and I guess the point I'm trying to make is, uh, you know, for for someone who wants to open up a micro retail business, it's it's still mm-hmm. costly. You've got the licensing fees, you've got the local application fees, you've got to come up with the capital, which gets into a, a whole nother area of conversation related to the ability of a bank to provide funding right it, it is and and it, it, it is a uh, it is a challenge um, the fees are not going to be what prevents a company from opening i mean we're for a micro uh, conditional applicant you're, you're you're talking about hundreds of dollars um what, what you're what you're dealing with though is when you start talking about whatever the local fees are going to be coupled with real estate costs, legal costs. Um, if you have to hire an app company, which will help you write or fill out your application, although I will say this to you, the CRC, again, has done an amazing job. Very informed website. I actually tell prospective clients, before you hire me, go read the website. Go educate yeah. yourself. They'll, I'll get asked all the time, what's a conditional applicant? I'm like, go read the website. Right. Um, right. And I said that a couple minutes ago. I mean, the website is excellent. Yeah. It is. It's it's very, very informative. And I've kept my eye on it because it has changed. And I, I hadn't looked at the website in a little while. I went back on. I said, wow, they've really um, updated this so that it is, it is user-friendly, which is great. Um, so the, the question then becomes, and you touched on it a little bit, uh, violations of these regulations, right? Whether it be uh, distributing without a license or uh, violating, uh, as you mentioned before, the uh, the limitations related to medical versus retail. It, you know, the the question then becomes: these violations could either be 
regulatory. Uh, they could be criminal or they could be both, correct? Because the, the 2C, the, the uh, Bible of the Criminal Code in New Jersey, basically still criminalizes distribution of uh, marijuana. Uh, and it so, depends. yeah, I mean, it depends, and it depends, right? So, is that have you have you yet seen any uh, issues that uh, that would relate to to that topic? Um, for unregulated entities that are that are uh, either manufacturing or selling cannabis, we've seen um, we've seen arrests. There was a, a mm-hmm. situation in Burlington County a couple months ago where there was a a, a a gray market operation going on in a storefront. Um, and there was a raid and, um, it was a kind of odd situation. That was an illegal operation. It wasn't licensed by the state. And I don't know whether, where it's been, you know, in the, in the, in the Mm -hmm. adjudication process at this point, but they're, they're going to, they're going to be arrested. They're going to be charged and they're going to be, uh, tried or should they plead down to some other charge that that's going to, that's going to happen. There's a regulatory component, right? The CRC is in charge with, of though, where if you're violating their regulations, those are fines you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's a huge incentive right now. The CRC is self-funding its ability to help fund these conditional applicants with fees derived and fines derived from these other applicants. So they're, they're, they're not shy about levying fines against their, their, uh, their licensees. Sure. I remember last summer hearing a lot, uh, a lot about these local businesses. There were a handful of them, I think, that were, that were uh, selling, you know, snacks. And when you bought the snack, they deliver it to your house and you yeah. get the, uh, the gift, uh, that kind of thing. So um, everybody thought, I think, last February when um, Crema came into effect that all of a sudden marijuana was, you know, you could sell it. And that obviously was not the case. We've. Uh, I was just going to say we've had a, a a lot of need for education that's gone on since that, and and I, I think there still is, and I, I think this is more of a local law enforcement issue right now. Um, I think the state's focused on, frankly, the the regulatory structure around the current industry. I think local law enforcement's left to deal with these pop up, um, you know, businesses, and and they are still illegal under the code. Right. Talk to me a little bit about the um, the prioritization of issuing licenses. Uh, I've I've read a little bit about that, and now that uh, we do see that the uh, CRC is accepting uh, license applications, right? How are they weeding through them to to prioritize, and how are they prioritizing? a little mysterious and, and arbitrary. Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say arbitrary, but mysterious. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you look at what they've advertised and what's coming out is they are putting a, a heavy prioritization on the conditional applicants. There's no question that that is what's coming out first. Um, those that made it through the process without error. Um, they're, they're, the one great thing about this um, uh, new uh, license process is it is not, you know, ride or die. It's, it's uh you, you can submit your application, and if there is an error, um, they'll tell you, and they'll ask you to correct it, and then you get put back into the pile. And um, and, and that's been a, uh, a a welcome change, because it used to be if you had any error in your application, you're out after all that work. Mm-hmm. So they are working with applicants to correct and, and continue. 
but then you're you're delayed. So but they've been expeditiously moving through conditional, particularly minority women-owned ex-offender. But they advertise those were going to be the prioritization. This mm-hmm. commission has a, uh, a, a a a mandate in in some cases to uh, uh, focus on the racial and social justice uh, aspect of of this industry and continue to lift it up. However, balance with the ability to make sure that they're able to produce for a voting public the ability to service a market. And I think there were some challenges in the beginning. And this was one of the delays that occurred in the spring. That there were certain members of the commission that I think wanted to wait and allow these new applicants and then awardees to be open and be the first in the adult use market. That would have taken us into 2023, of course, by the time that would happen, rather than give the current medical operators that had been here the ability to turn on adult use and i think what ended up prevailing is hey let's get them open like by the way let's collect the fees that they're going to pay which a million dollars per company and let's use that to help continue fund operations while we get this new group of adult use in a smaller craft cannabis effort onboarded and through a process so it, it seems to be working in in your line of work, what you're doing right now, or do you assist uh, clients uh, with the uh, license applications? Uh, do you also then assist, you know, the actual, or could you assist the actual businesses with complying with all of the regulations once they open, um, and and or uh, challenging perhaps applications that are denied? I mean, is that is that where you are going with your what you're doing in your practice? Well, where we are is is kind of unique, and I, I'm sort of trying to speak for what's out there. I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're not in the business of writing applications. Um, I, I think it's cost prohibitive sometimes for attorneys to actually sit down and actually write the app. And moreover, I don't know that you need that anymore because a lot of this is drop down menu and self explanatory from a website. Some of it isn't, or some of it you might need a security plan. But again, there you don't need an attorney. You need a security expert consultant mm-hmm. that's going to work with you. So I, what I try to do is tell the client um, or prospective client, we're attorneys. Um, we can help you with legal issues. There's a real estate component to this, right? You'll need a real estate lawyer to uh, examine a lease agreement or a, uh, a purchase for sale. There's a land use component, a big, big, big one. And and this is a place I always tell folks, do not skimp, because if you get the land use piece wrong, you're really done. And, and there's so many challenges at the local level to move through with, I'll call cannabis curious council people, but not necessarily there yet. You, you gotta be locked in and ready to go. And you need a real land use attorney and probably engineer to understand what you're doing there. And these, these cost money. Um, Tax attorney, regular- I would imagine. To some extent, although that kind of comes later, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, and and you know, the the problem you have here is the tax issue is 280E doesn't allow you to do a lot. Now you can get, I, I have some really good accountants out there now that understand what is and is not deductible in the cannabis world for a business expense, and that is worth its weight in gold because it really can help you navigate. But that's you know, that's post award really when you're you're kind of getting there. But on the front end, to try to get to the table and get your award. A good legal group um, that can help advise you. We will review apps. We do a lot of that on the back end to make sure that they're compliant or, you know, eyes are dotted, T's are crossed, which is more cost effective. 
and the goal really is let's keep your costs down as much as we can in the app phase so you can get through it and continue. And there's a lot of work that comes in on the back end regulatory phase. We, as a firm, I will tell you, do not take up challenges to uh, the CRC or previously DOH. We work to try to make sure you're compliant. So you try to you know, make sure either on the front end or if on the back end you're dealing with a regulatory issue, we're working to figure out how to fix it, um, not suing the commissioner of the department, challenging mm -hmm. it. Understood. What about uh, municipalities? Uh, have you had or do you intend to have any interaction with different municipalities or is that a whole separate area uh, of law? Well, yes. I mean, so I've done a lot over the last five years of what I'll call, you know, free advice, panel discussions, uh, you know, uh, you know, impromptu meetings with the mayor and, you know, mm -hmm. the, some advisory committee to talk about this, right? And, right. Well, like and, you said, a lot um, of it really is it's the importance of education. It, it, it's exactly it. So, you, you know, you put your name on something, you go out and you do it. It's not on behalf of clients. It's often, you know, mm -hmm. without a client and to talk mm -hmm. just generally about what this can work. I'll give you an example. There is a town in southern New Jersey, very Republican town, agricultural town, um, that the mayor reached out to me. I think she was deputy mayor at the time. She said, I really would like this. I, I, I think we would do well in our town to make sure that we're helping to subsidize our farmers by allowing them to have a cannabis crop and, rather than turning you know, their farm into a subdivision or another warehouse. So her vision was she wanted really cultivation, processing. She didn't know it at the time. And she wanted the ability to allow micro licenses on, on farms. So we, I, I explained that to her and, and, there, and then she asked me to talk with some of her counsel to explain what the benefit could be, right? This mm -hmm. is about revenue. This is about mm -hmm. your farmers, not California potheads. So, right. um, and that town did that that way because that's what they wanted to do. And another town that doesn't want any cultivation, they want retail and they want to actually boost their retail corridor. And they want, so that's the joy of, I think, this home rule concept is that every town can decide what they want. There are other towns that don't want it at all. And I always I joke with one mayor, he's like, we're never doing this. I know you think it's great. I don't. And I said, that's fine. I go, we'll just deliver it into your town. And I go, you can't stop that. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. There is more to come. If you're interested in starting a podcast, visit the contact page at njcriminalpodcast.com and send Meg a message. She'd love to discuss your legal podcast. And her producer has experience with podcast launches for businesses of all types. Always a fun conversation. Don't hesitate to reach out and see if podcasting is a good fit for you.